Thank you, thank you. How's everyone doing today? That's it? It's Sunday, come on, how's everyone doing? There we go, this is gonna be a little more interactive. Speak up, it's okay. We're not Baptist, we're not Catholic, you can speak in church, you can, you can speak back. Uh, it is an honor, thank you for joining us online. I wanna welcome the people online. Can we give them a round of applause too for tuning in? It's an honor and a privilege to be here to share with you what God put on my heart. And I would really regret not doing this, but I need to honor Pastor Tim Ingram. I know that he is on sabbatical. We miss him. He's coming back in a few weeks. So if you don't like the message today, the real preacher will be back soon. But <laughs> I love this man. He's impacted my life, my family. Um, just He's a great spiritual father, one of the best leaders I've ever followed, and it's an honor to serve under him. So I want to talk to you today about storms. And, and we're used to storms in East Texas, right? This week, we had 3.5 inches of rainfall in one hour. I came into work, and you know, I walked into our admin building next door, and one of our lovely staff members pointed out that the ceiling was leaking. Now, I will tell you, I am not the person to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't have tools, but I know how to Google and find someone to fix it. Unfortunately, while it's raining, you can't fix it. So that, being a control freak, it just threw me for a spiral. I'm like, oh man, this is killing me. I found a bucket, I put the bucket out. I go to get the mop and the mop's tangled and I'm just yanking at it because I do things aggressively. <laughs> and, and what I found was I get the, yank, the, the mop untangled and I yank it out and I, the first thing out of my mouth was, this is gonna be a great day. Just know it's gonna be that one of those type of days. None of y'all are that dramatic, only I am. The little things will throw me off. I know y'all are much more holy, especially online following us. But I think a lot of times when we're facing storms, when we're facing challenges, we get distracted so easily. And that's the message today, is distracted in the storm. Distracted in the storm, when I'm facing storms in life, when I'm facing challenges, when, when things just seem out of place, I easily see all the distractions. We're gonna be in Mark 4 today, 35 through 41. And we're gonna talk, just like what we ended worship with, is Jesus calming a storm. Jesus calms the storms. Verse 35, scripture states, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. I love that Jesus is sleeping during the storm. I think... I, that makes me really holy because my wife's like, did you hear the storm last night? I'm like, nope, slept right through it. <laughs> it's just a lot of peace internally. And they woke him, meaning the disciples woke him, and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? A little dramatic, I get it. See, I'm already distracted. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think it's interesting that the disciples are in a storm and that they're, they're worried and they're panicked. And I can be that way too. But I'm reminded that your hardest storms often lead to your greatest moments with God. Your hardest storms in life, what you're walking through, the things you're afraid of, I don't know about you, but many times they put me on my knees. 
They made me beg for God to move in my life. And it made me thankful for the storms. So let us pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the storms that we face, the storms we're about to face. That Lord, let, let us not get caught up in the distractions, but be focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I wanna to talk to you today about a storm I went through. This was about 10 years ago. And I've been through many storms in my life. Not just, you know, the storms of life, but actual storms. And we were heading up to Stillwater, Oklahoma to go to Oklahoma State. Go Pokes, any Big 12 fans? Celebrate now. It's going away. Just saying. <laughs> it's that transition. And we had a family member graduating. And we were gonna go up and I wanted to drive because I don't know about y'all, but I'm a control freak. Like I wanna set the temperature of the car. I wanna speed. I wanna get there faster. I wanna choose the stops. And I had one family member that was more of a control freak than me. They insisted on driving. I know none of y'all have family members like this that just have to be in control, right? It's only my family. But they, they said, let's take my truck because now we can take golf clubs and our luggage. And so I thought to myself, well, number one, I get a golf. Number two, I don't have to pay for gas. This is great. So we start to head out and we're living in Austin at the time and we're driving through Hillsboro, Texas. There's not much in Hillsboro, Texas except for Brahms. Praise the Lord for ice cream, right? Brahms was a priority for me. The funny part is it's a priority and I'm lactose intolerant. So I felt bad for the people in the car with me. But hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna power through it. And we stopped to get coffee too and we're just laughing and moving along. I'm sorry, the real pastor's coming back in two weeks. He's gonna be a lot more chill. Um, but we stopped and, and I remember that my famous last words get into the car and it was, I'd really like to see a tornado. I've never seen one before. Like not up close, but to see one would be awesome. I wish I didn't say that. I really do. I wish I'd never said that because going up there, we crossed the Texas border into Oklahoma and it starts getting dark and it's eerie and it's just, it's strange. And I'm like, this, this doesn't look good, but I'm trying to be quiet and not be the negative Nancy in the car or Captain Obvious. Like, hey, that cloud looks a little different up there. <laughs> and we had a wall cloud start to form. And, you know, I've seen the movie Twister. We can outrun it. It's fine. <laughs> I know that's an old reference for young people, but go watch Twister. Cow will go flying by. It's okay. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna live. We're gonna survive it. We're gonna move forward. But what happens is we get stuck in traffic. And I start getting paranoid. I'm like, this is not good. Like, where are we gonna go? And, and the cloud's moving and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I look to the right and there's an armored vehicle and these crazy people called storm chasers drive these things right up to the tornado. Like, you're nuts if this is your dream job. And I was like, oh, these are the people I watched on the Weather Channel that I never wanna be next to. And as I look to the left, the wall cloud now was rotating and started to come down and I'm looking straight up the eye of the tornado. I'm distracted. I'm clenching in my seat, not because of bronze, but just nervous. <laughs> Sorry. And then it goes right over us and hits in the field about 30 feet to the right and starts tearing things up. It's like a locomotive. It's shaking the car and then hail the size of softball starts falling. And I had to laugh because my family is in the car covering their heads like this is gonna do something. It doesn't work. And I'm worried because I'm in the front, like the glass is gonna break and 
I'm done. I'm going to have some broken bones from this hail or something. You can't go out. It's flooded. You're stuck in traffic. We're getting beat up. And I just started praying. I was like, God, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die in this. And the funny part was when we got through it, there's a lot of clarity. It cleared right up. Once the tornado passed, it got sunny again. And it was nice and it was gorgeous. And you're like, that's like, that didn't even happen. And we got out to evaluate my family member's car that they wanted to drive so bad that we could put a golf ball on the hood and drive it and it wouldn't move. <laughs> it, it, it pretty much totaled a brand new truck. And I found this. I've been through a lot of storms in life. I've been through hurricanes and earthquakes and blizzards, but the tornado was the scariest. But going through a storm, what I found was I'm constantly distracted. I'm distracted by what's around me. I'm distracted by what I can control. I'm distracted about how uncomfortable this makes me feel. And I think in life, a lot of us have faced storms that we just weren't comfortable in. But there's clarity that comes through it. And so my question for you today is, what distracts you in a storm? What distracts you in life storms? Is it your money? Is it your finances? Your job? Your kids? There's a lot of distractions right now. There's a lot of noise. And I think that we can gain some perspective from this because we have a lot of fear right now in our society. We have fear between racial divide. We have fear with businesses shutting down. We have fear politically. We have fear with COVID and vaccines. I'll keep going until I get to one that hits you. But, but we feed off of this fear in our environment, and, and I think there's perspectives that we have to grab. There's four perspectives that I gained from our reading in Mark 4. And so the first perspective is this. Jesus knew the storm was coming, but he didn't worry about it. See, Jesus knew the storm was coming. He told them, let's all get on the boat. There's nothing that surprises God that you're walking through in life. He sees it. He knows it. The disciples had to trust his word, which is, we're going to go to the other side. It's hard to trust the word when we're in a storm. Again, I gotta emphasize, you gotta be in this book. You have to read it. I hate reading, but reading this Bible is the best thing I've ever done. It's an open book test, and I'm still just getting a C. I'm trying, I'm passing, but I'm not, I'm not an A student. I'm working on it. James 1, 2 through 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, what I would say is storms of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Testing your faith will produce perseverance. And this is what storms do. And you get to choose this. God lets you choose this. And I put it this way. Embrace the storm because it will make your relationship with Jesus stronger. I don't have to like the storm. I don't have to even choose the storm. But if I embrace it and rely on the Lord, it can make my faith stronger. Most of the storms in my life showed me who God really was. A God of mercy, a God of grace, a God that loves me when I'm unlovable. There's a lot of times I'm unlovable. I have a strong personality, as they say. <laughs> and I remember a time in my life that I was transitioning. It was almost about four years ago. I was transitioning to East Texas full time, and I was about to get married for the second time. I love my beautiful wife. We have a blended family. We have five kids. Uh, she's honestly has the most grace out of anyone I've ever met to deal with me. <laughs> Amen. You, Pastor Paul has that. 
And, and I remember it was scary switching here because it was unknown. And I had a word and I went to my spiritual authorities and I said, I think I'm supposed to move here. I believe God's called me into ministry, but I'm nervous and I'm scared. And I know I have a word, but I don't, I don't know if it's comfortable. Because let me tell you what I was leaving, a government job. Do you know how hard it is to get fired from a government job? If you have tenure, you're not going anywhere. Just breathe, show up, and don't screw up. You're fine. We'll give you promotions. It's okay. But I found that leaving that security of, of benefits, good pay, comfort, knowing my schedule, to trust a word that I didn't even know if it would come to pass. And that's what Jesus was asking the disciples is, trust me, we're going to the other side. Just like I heard, you're going to the other side. It's East Texas. <laughs> and I love East Texas, but I'm gonna be real with y'all today. I fought this for about a year in my heart. Okay, God, I hear your word. I don't like it. I, I'm comfortable. This seems uncomfortable, but I don't regret any of it. The relationships I built, the friendships, the people that have been in my life, I wouldn't trade for the world. And I'm glad I held on to his word. I'm glad I walked through the challenges. The second perspective is that Jesus knew other boats were with them. I hate to break it to you, especially those online, you are not alone. You are not alone. The version we read said, and other boats were with him, and one version says, several boats. Last time I checked, Jesus wasn't just drowning people. Like, hey, we're going out there and I'm gonna just sink every boat. I can walk on water, y'all can't, good luck. <laughs> it wasn't deadliest catch. They weren't going out to Alaska. It was crossing a lake. He gave them a word, we're crossing the lake. And I love it because the disciples are panicking and they're like, don't you see we're about to perish? We're gonna die. How many times in a storm do you say the exact same thing? Like, oh my God, I don't know if I can make this. I know you guys are good and faithful. I'm telling you what I deal with. I struggle with holding on to that word, to knowing that I'm not alone. And that's why I love our church. We're focused on groups because it's important that you sit in circles, not just rows. If you're online, find a good group of believers around you in your community. Get with other believers. And I wanna prove to you why groups is so important. Because I sat there, I know what you're thinking, like, Doug, I hear you. PD, I'm not going to share my stuff with other people. I'm good, I'm surviving. I said the same things. But let me tell you this, the greatest moments in my life, the greatest victories, my greatest ministry moments have always involved sharing it with others. That's why we take photos and we're so quick to show someone like, look at us and what we did. Social media feeds into this. That's why we love it. Because it makes it feel like we're connected. We're built for a relationship. Jesus is not about religion, he's about relationship. And we have to be in relationship with other believers. It makes us stronger. I love a quote that Helen Keller said that said, walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. The storm's hard. It's challenging. But I love doing it with people. People that can encourage me and say, you got this. You can survive this. I know it's hard. Let us pray for you. Let's take it to the Lord. And, and I just pictured the disciples going, we're about to perish. You don't understand, we're about to die. And they get together and they all start talking and they come up with the great idea of going and waking Jesus. It's good for us to be together and go to Jesus. Peter was probably like, I'm going down with the ship. I'm a captain, I'm a fisherman, I'm used to it, let's go. 
It's good that he had other people to say, let's go to Jesus. Let's pray. Let's get out of this storm. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. God's with you. Which brings us to the third perspective. It's that Jesus valued rest. Jesus valued rest. If we're trusting God and and we're putting our faith in him and we're coming together as believers and saying, okay, let's encourage each other to trust God, then we need to rest. We have to reset. And if we're in his presence, we'll rest no matter what distractions we have going on. No matter how challenging it is, we'll find rest, we'll find peace. You know, the disciples missed one key point. One key point. Jesus was in the boat. They're panicking. Jesus is up at front, just taking a nap. I'll put it this way. While we must take responsibility for our actions in a storm, it's never our job to take control. We're responsible for our actions. We're responsible to make choices and not let our feelings lead. That's why we say choices lead, feelings follow here. But our job is not to take control. The minute we take control, we, we, we do dumb things. I do very dumb things when I wanna be in control. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I read that all the time, but I, 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 can I be real? Can we be real in church? Is that okay? I read it, but I don't like it. I like carrying the burden. Pastors are the worst at this. How are you? Just suffering for the gospel. <clears throat> Praise Jesus. So hard. You don't understand what I carry. It's not meant for us to carry it. And that's the problem. A lot of times I'm carrying stuff that I need to rest. I need that break. Jesus modeled this. Even in a storm, I have to honor the Sabbath. I have to take that face step and let God move. It's funny, there was a time in my life that I'm working conferences and working for the church and I was doing ministry. I was doing God's work. And I had Pastor Tim sit down with me and say, I need you to read this book. It's called Take the Day Off by Robert Morris. I hated it, didn't wanna read it. It's a great book. I just didn't like what it said to me, which was taking a break, honoring the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for you, it's not for the Lord. It's so that you can reset. It's a face step to take a break, to put your phone up, to not answer an email, to let people figure it out and go to God, not you. But what I found was I kept filling a quarter tank at a time. I would take a nap or I'd go to the next vacation. Oh, only four more months. Six days and 14 hours till we have vacation. But that didn't recharge me. I found that there's four ways that I had to recharge and I don't have much time to get into it, but I do wanna cover it real quick because I think it's important to show you that Jesus is resting in the storm. I believe he was doing multiple things there. He was, he was praying and speaking to the Father. You need to pray. You need to reset spiritually. You need to read this word. It's an anchor for you. When a storm's hitting you, when the distractions, this is our anchor. This is our go-to. Second one is mental. Pick up a hobby. Learn something new. Challenge yourself in a different area so that you continue to grow so that the next storm you're prepared. It gives you a way to to keep fresh. The third is physical. That may be a nap for all our napping fans today that are gonna nap after service, including myself. 
It could be that you work out, but it's physical. It's, it's resetting you. And the last one is emotional. If you're not a crier, please watch The Chosen. I try to fight it all the time with my family. They're like, are you crying? Yes, I'm bawling. Okay, leave me alone. I'm having a moment with Jesus here. You want this for me because, you know, I have teenagers. I'm recently saved. It hasn't been that long. I can go back to being hood. Um, <laughs> but that rest is important that I can love people around me. That I take that face step to trust that God is still in control. And Jesus modeled this for us. He showed us it's important no matter what distractions, when the storm's coming, you're gonna have to reset. Or you're gonna burn out. You're gonna hurt people. You're gonna leave a bad wake. And I was on that path. I don't like that I was on that path. It's one thing that um, many people that serve under me and, and help me in ministry, and I'm so grateful for them, but they know on my Sabbath, do not bother me on my Sabbath. I will not return a call. And I will text, I am on my Sabbath. Is it an emergency? Because I know if I honor it, the Lord's gonna help me, give me fresh perspective, fresh wisdom, discernment, how to move. The fourth perspective is that Jesus knew faith was the key to surviving life storms. Faith is the key. You know, in, in scripture, there's two times that he speaks of great faith. Great faith. I wanna have great faith. And, and he says it in Matthew 8, 10, where a Roman centurion asked Jesus, can you heal my servant? He says, because of your great faith, I'll do it. Because of your great faith. The second time is in Matthew 15, 28, which is a Canaanite woman who wants her daughter healed. And he said, because of your great faith. Again, we're being real in church, right? We're being real. I'm gonna be very vulnerable up here. I wish that the Lord would be next to me and say, he had great faith. But there's many times that I'm lacking it. I wish I could tell you every time I was told to share my testimony, I did it. Every, told I would, every time I'm told to give, I wrote the check and my pen wasn't shaking. I wish last night when I was praying over a server that my thought before that wasn't like, oh man, I hope we get a just eat and go home. I'm tired. But that's not the case. There's times that I just lack the faith and it's, it's something we need to exercise. It's something that we have to use. It's important. Just had many times in my life that I wish that I would have just been obedient. And that's how you measure success is with obedience. Not the results, it's Obedience. Doing what the Lord told you. Being under spiritual authority, checking with them to say, is this right? And trust me, I'm an eight Enneagram. I hate being under authority. I like control. None of y'all have control issues, just me. I know that. I have major control issues. But I found that it's good to have people in my corner say, here's a different perspective for you. Bill's one of those. Pastor Tim's one of those. People that speak in my life that said, Doug, I hear you, I understand you but let's look at it from a different angle. It's helped me. That's why we do groups. But I want big faith. And Bill talked last week about potential being a measurement. And a lot of times, oh, that person had so much potential, which means they failed. You might as well just say they failed my expectations. Or that person has so much potential, we should spend time with them, which means I'm gonna build them up and see how they do. But potential is really what God sees in us. What he knows. Four years ago, I had no idea what God would do in my life, that, that I'd be part of an organization that gets churches to work together and provide leadership training back to the leaders in our city. I had no idea that God would use me. Because if I'm being honest, I didn't feel I was worth it. 
I was broken. I was hurt. Been rejected. And I struggled with that. I struggled with the big faith, but I'm glad I was obedient. And I think the church right now is being called to a new level of leadership. Us, we are the church. It's not the building. Please hear me. But we have potential. We have potential we haven't tapped into yet. There's a new level of leadership that we have to lean into. I find it funny that when Jesus is recognizing great faith, it's two people that aren't even his disciples. And I'm gonna throw myself under the bus. If people looked at my life sometimes, they would say, you lack faith. And I know where my hope comes from. I know that I have a relationship with the Lord. But I need to start being obedient. I need to believe and dream bigger. Please hear me, church. Please hear me. We are called to be the salt and light. We need to show it. I love that our church is involved with the community. I love that we meet, that we partnered with the Maxwell organization to impact our city. I love that on August 7th, Bill's gonna share, we're gonna give 300 pairs of sneakers out to the city. You know why? Because we need to touch the heart before we ask for the hand. Not just come to church. Boy, you really need it. Well, that's encouraging, thanks. I think I'll stay out. <laughs> but how about let us help you? Let us equip you. Let us serve you and show you where our hope comes from. That it doesn't matter what distraction is going on. It doesn't matter what storm we're in. But a lot of times when that storm comes, I go right back to the disciples like, God, do you even care? I just got done with this. I can't do it again. I don't know, y'all are probably more faithful than me. I'm just, I'm sharing, I, I struggle with this because I know that there's a new level that I'm even being called to into leadership to serve. And leadership is not a position, it's influence. We're called to influence those around us to show us, show people around us where our hope really comes from. And that's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus talked to him about faith and I think this is why he gets a little frustrated in Mark 4, 30 through 35. And I say frustrated because that's how I took it as a father. Just like, I, I have teenagers, y'all pray for us, okay? My wife and I, blended family, five kids, we got three teens right now. It's nuts. But Mark 4, 30 through 35 says this. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. See, Jesus explained it. As a parent, going back to my reference of teenagers, I'm like, can you just not do it the way I tell you? <laughs> but I'm broken. I get upset. The hardest struggle that I have in life right now is having teenagers that get free will. They get to choose what they want. I can coach. I can encourage. What I want is for them to have a relationship with the Lord. It's the only thing that matters to me. And the sad part is I watch times where they make mistakes, where they trip up, where they, they question their own faith. And I still have to trust God to love them, to speak to them, to cover them. I can't save them from the pain. It's a father's heart. It's why God loves us so much, but he's patient with us. He's not screaming at you. I scream. I've raised my voice. That's what I like to call it, but it's yelling. It's fine. <laughs> I was just talking directly. 
<laughs> God doesn't do that. God thinks like, I believe in you. Come on. I know what you're capable of. I know your potential. It's not a measurement. I know what you can do when you come to me as the source. Jesus was, Jesus was patient with them. He explained it already. It says he explained everything to him. And that's why it rubbed my spirit the wrong way when he's looking at the disciples and he goes, have you still no faith? And I'm like, Jesus, they left everything. They left everything behind to follow you. But the truth is, it rubbed my spirit wrong because I, I hear pastors say it all the time, I'm gonna step on your toes. No, this smacked me in the face myself. I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. I'm smacking myself here saying, I need to increase my faith. Because there's a lot of times Jesus would look at me and go, have you still no faith? Have you not seen what I've done in your life? What I've brought you through? It was a hard year this year. Everything pivoted. But we survived it. And we know where our hope is. It's in Jesus. So because another storm comes, we need to rely on Jesus again. He's our shelter. And I'd put it this way, in life's biggest storms, the best shelter is faith in Jesus. When you're facing a hard storm, if you're walking through divorce, if you're walking through a broken family, if you're walking through hurt, pain, rejection, you're not alone. But Jesus can heal it. He can. It's gonna take others. It's gonna take great faith. And faith is what keeps us going. It measures obedience. And I would love to tell you as a pastor, I never look back to the slavery I, I, I walked out of from my past. I was broken. I was an addict. I was a workaholic. I didn't respect God. I didn't respect authority. And I'd lie to you tell you at times I don't sit there and go, man, that might be a little bit easier because this seems very, very scary. The distractions. The storm is heavy. But if I keep anchored in Jesus, I know that I can make it through anything. It doesn't matter what the distractions are. So I have four questions to wrap up today. Four questions I'd like to ask you. The first one is, what storms are you trying to control? What storms are you trying to control? There's many storms in my life that I, I start thinking, well, what can I do strategically? What can I do financially? What can I do with the people I know? But our job is not to have control. I should be asking myself, how do I have obedience? Lord, what do you want me to do? The second one is, what are you resting on? Is it that next vacation? Is it your finances, your skills, your job? Or are you resting in his presence? Are you diving into this? Are you holding on to the words that he gives us to make it through the storm? The third question is this, are you willing to have great faith? Are you willing to have great faith? I want great faith. I know God is speaking this message to me as much as to you of how can we elevate our faith? How can we do more? Not for performance sake, but because we have hope and we want others to have that hope. We don't have a God that looks for performance. He's all about relationship. But it's important that we bring other people along and get them in relationship with Jesus. And the last thing I would ask you is this. Will you get rid of the distractions and focus on Jesus? What are your distractions? I can't answer that for you. I can tell you some distractions in my life when I'm tired and I'm irritated is playing Candy Crush. It's my go-to. 
I wish it was the word every time. I get in my Bible every time because I'm a good pastor. No, I pull out Candy Crush sometimes. <laughs> I play games on my phone. I tap out. I watch a movie. I reset. I go away for a night. But in reality, that doesn't bring me back to the presence of the Lord where my anchor is. So I'd ask you, what distraction is it? Maybe it's that you're getting your identity from your job. Can you give it a break? Can you take a Sabbath? It's gonna take great faith. And please hear me, this is not a message to make you feel condemned or guilty or shame. It's a message of calling to a higher level. God's moving here in East Texas, I know that. God is doing something special here. Our city is gonna be the light and the salt. We need to walk boldly and stand firmly in the storms and not get distracted. If you could bow your head and I would like to pray for you. No one's looking at you, but one of the questions I wanna ask you is, are you walking through a storm currently? Has it been a rough season? If that's been you, just please raise your hand. No one's looking. If you're in a storm, if this has been a hard season this last year, many, many hands, many hands. This has just been a hard year. And I want to point you back to Jesus. He's your hope. It's about relationship with the Lord. So I pray for each person here that hears the sound of my voice, that Lord, you restore hope, that you let them know that they're not alone in this storm, that you are with them, that they have other people walking through similar storms, that you love them, you care about them. I pray that you cover them, give them favor. Let them find their anchor in you. I just feel strongly on my heart today in this service that there's some people that have been facing storms with family members. Just facing some strong storms with family members. Maybe you don't see eye to eye or maybe it's difficult. Maybe it just feels like there's been division in your marriage. I'm just, I feel the Lord pulling on my heart with this. Could be you at home too. And I wanna remind you that your hope for the storm is Jesus. God can restore families. He can heal seen it in my own life. So I just pray for each one of you, anyone that's walking through a storm with their family, Lord, that they, they know that there's hope, that they don't give up in the storm, that you're moving. They're, they're not seeing all the movement, but you're moving, Lord. Thank you for moving in their storms. I wanna finish this service with one last question. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, you know what, Doug? I don't really have a relationship with the Lord. I've had religion I've tried it, but I don't really have a true relationship. It's okay, I've been there too, my friend. Or maybe you had a relationship and you walked away from the Lord. I did that too. There's no judgment on that. The Lord never let go of your hand. He's there for you. And he's saying, come home, come home. So I'd like to lead you through a simple prayer. You can repeat after me. You can say it out loud or in your heart. It doesn't matter, the Lord hears it. So just pray with me, friend, pray with me. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins, past, present, and future. I invite you to my heart, be the Lord of my life. Lead me, guide me. I don't wanna live my way anymore. Thank you for just now saving me. If you prayed that prayer, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer, let's take a face step. Just put your hand up. Put your hand up if you prayed that prayer. 
Thank you. Thank you for praying that prayer. I want to encourage you that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He has a great plan for your life. And it'd be unfair. If you prayed that prayer, if you lifted your hand, if you prayed that at home, please just look up at me. I want to share. If you prayed that text, I prayed to 844-HRC-TEXT. 844-HRC-TEXT, I prayed. We want to give you some information. It would be unfair for us to lead you to the Lord but not give you the next steps. And that's all we're going to do. We're not going to sell your information. I thank you for your time. I am excited. We've had eight people respond to Christ. Can we give that a round of applause? I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. And I know that you guys are going to make it through the storms.